Hey, my name is Adam Whitescarver, and I'm the executive director at the Chattanooga House of Prayer, and this is our podcast. I wanted to thank you for listening today, and I hope it encourages you and gives you perspective to see the beauty and the diversity of God's church, both in Chattanooga and the church at large. Thanks for listening. Hi, and welcome back to A Beautiful Church Podcast. I am your host, Adam Whitescarver, and in studio with us today is Mickey Ann Harris. Hello, Mickey Ann. Hello, Adam. And we are talking about spiritual practices that help us grow in our faith. And in case you're wondering why in the world is this on A Beautiful Church Podcast, where previously we've been talking to other denominations, well, what is going to make the church more beautiful than spending time beholding Mm -hmm. the Lord Face to face, boom, boom, because we uh, start to reflect his beauty when we're with him. So that's why we're talking about it on this. And these are like time-honored traditions found across like all denominations. We, you know, it feels weird to say these are best practices because that's so like corporate sounding. But these are some of the best practices and disciplines brought out from the history of the church. Mm -hmm. It's like. Um, when you get a, a hymnal that's got like the good old hymns that everyone knows today, those those songs are still around because those Sung are the ones the that have, everywhere. Yeah, they've, yeah, they've they've held through the test of time. So today's subject is something called the examine, and it's where you sit down and you take a multiple choice test for <laughs> no. hours and oh, no, Adam. Oh, that's the worst way you could oh. introduce this. Oh, this no. is everyone's fear. Oh, oh well. Um, let's start with the spelling. It's not spelled like a normal exam. It's E-X-A-M-E-N. And it's kind of like a, the Lexio or Lectio Divina. Is mm. it examine or is it examine? You know, that kind of a thing. But yeah. Yeah, but I we say examine here. Yeah, right? I, I can't bring myself to say it any other way. Do you know what examine means in Latin? You know, I don't actually, Mickey Ann. Maybe it means something to do with examining. I don't know what it means. I was just asking if you. Oh, no, I, I do. I do oh. know what it means. It's like the, um, you know how you have scales, a balance. It's the tongue on the on the balance. I don't know what a balanced tongue is. You know, is. scales, and then there's that centerpiece. Yes, that's it's, called the tongue. Yeah, that's called the tongue. And it's called, a, it's from, the word examine is from that. Oh, well, I just learned two new things today. Yeah, so it's like weighing accurately. Okay, well, then let's um, let's talk about weighing accurately in our <laughs> spiritual life, Mickey. And what is, if it's not a multiple choice test, yes. and that's horrifying to people, what is the examine? Yeah, I think that's kind of what turned me off from, um, I mean, I, I it hasn't been all that many years that I've been familiar with the examine. But when I first heard it, I had an immediate reaction against it because uh, I thought it was more like, you know, examining your life, confessing your sins, that kind of a practice, which mm. it does hold that yep. in part of it. But it more is, um, instead of being a test, it's kind of a, ref- it's a daily reflection, a reflection on your day. You're just taking a, a good look back on your day, thus the kind of examining part. Hmm. So, you know, you're immediately causing like a, a thought of, you know, I think I had actually, to be honest, the same knee jerk reaction of if you, and, and how weird are we as human beings that when we hear something, I mean, this is branding, I guess, yeah. uh, when it's got a weird name or the name sounds like something that's got a negative association in our mind, like a horrible multiple choice test, uh, we just were like, oh, I'm, I'm not even going to bother looking that up. I'm not even exactly. going to give it the chance. Um, but this one, but we, that's why we're having a whole podcast episode on this one, though, is because this one is an incredibly 
valuable tool that I would say this is similar to the rule of life in that um, for a lot of people, you're either going to do this accidentally or deliberately. And um, there's a big difference between when you do it deliberately and when you do it accidentally. But I might, I might get into that a little bit more later. Let's, let's talk about what it is. So let's say um, you're getting up and you're telling people about the exam and Mickey Ann, what do they, what do they need to know? Well, you run into another problem too, because if you look up um, this practice, the daily examine, you're going to find so many different ways of explaining it. Mm. But let me just put it in a nutshell. Um, and I think that's because this practice is so very rich and has multiple mm. layers to it. It's mm. beautiful. I love this practice so much. But it and basically is a, a, a prayer practice, reviewing your day, and beginning to be aware um, through this practice of where God was present and active in your day. In other words, in ways you may have just um, you know, gone right over and, and not even have been aware, but as you reflect back on, you begin to see, ooh, you know, God was present in this way and in this way in my day. But there's a whole other part of that, too, is that has to do with your very own heart of paying attention to the movements of your heart through the day and how you responded um, basically mm. to that. Mm. So this is this is one of those practices that just, um, it's not like something you have, to, it seems like it's a little bit lower energy in some ways and that you're not contriving anything. It is just a basic, if, if you've got a memory that works at all, you yeah. can do this one. Yeah, I, I think that's a good point. Um, in fact, a lot of times I do it when my head is on the pillow at night, you know, mm. it's like the last thing I do before I go to sleep. And it's a contemplative prayer practice. And yes, if you have a good memory, also the Holy Spirit. And so mm. with the Holy Spirit and remembering your day, you basically walk through the steps of the examine. Um, let's just keep going for a second. I want to, I want to ask some follow-up questions, but let's, let's, let's give you a full hearing first. What are, what are those steps when someone's going through the examine? Okay. Well, the first thing, and I guess we can maybe talk about the steps and then and then why they're important. Um, okay. So I'll go through the different steps and basically say why this is part of that process. But again, what we're—I mean, I think it's just a brilliant prayer practice that Saint Ignatius came up with when he um, when he kind of created this. Mm. Um, but the first thing you do, and and again, this is this is best done as an end of day reflection. Some people are fried at the end of the day. They would rather do it in the morning, reflecting on the day before, but best mm. done at the end of the day. And the first thing you're going to do is to just pray um, that God would shine light on your day, that you could look back on your day with God. And I think that's the difference. You're not just reflecting on the day alone. You're, you're asking God, you know, shine light on my day. Let me see it how you, how you see it. And that's that's so that's the first step. Asking that, for that help. can be so redemptive for people that had a bad day and didn't see maybe how God was working. That's a good point. It really is. Uh, this is this can be so redeeming for any kind of day. Then the the second part of that um, is you're reviewing your day. Now some people can get really hung up on that. They want to write down. Okay, this is what I did when I first woke up. This is what I had for breakfast. This is who I met with. But you're again, you're asking the Holy Spirit to show you and just to highlight just your day. You're thinking back through from your very first moments of when you woke up. Um, you're paying attention to special moments or moments that stand out for you through the day, people you're with, um, activities that you were involved in. 
And as you're doing that, you are giving thanks. And I want to say this has been so mm-hmm. fruitful for me to think back on my day because what you realize is you may be uh, thinking back, you remember a conversation you have had with someone that you could have easily have forgotten, overlooked, and then you realize how substantial that conversation was. Mm-hmm. And so you thank, you thank God, you thank Him for everything that kind of comes to your mind as you're reviewing your day. And the, one of the reasons why this is, is so important is that um, Thanksgiving is a spiritual practice in and of itself. And through Thanksgiving, we really experience the love of God. We see God's care, His protection, provision. Mm-hmm. So many things about God are evidence when we begin to be thankful um, throughout our day. So this is a very rich way to begin this practice. So you're reviewing your day with Thanksgiving um, with God. And then the next thing that you kind of do as you're going along with that, and this this has, I need a little to uh, kind of give a little background on this one. When St. Ignatius was um, one of the things about St. Ignatius was that he felt like that God speaks to us. Well, it's just a reality. God speaks to us primarily through our hearts. And and so it's of it's a vital importance that our hearts are being formed and trained and, you know, in the climate of God's love often. And so it's like, mm-hmm. how do we do this? How do we keep our hearts in a disposition before God so that they can be formed or transformed um, because, you know, our hearts um, are, are good and often our hearts and emotions can, can be a little bit, you know, misleading. Um, so it is, it's important that we're, that our hearts are constantly before God. So God can shine his light on our heart and uh, deal with different areas of our hearts that need God's love and presence and activity. And so, because of this, we pay attention to our feelings. And I want to tell you, I don't know a lot of, um, of teachings or practices or whatever where I have heard, pay attention to your feelings. Usually it's ignore your feelings or overlook your mm. feelings or minimize your feelings. But in this one, you see that, you know, where, where, where your feelings, where you had a strong feeling during the day is probably where a lot of action took place. So I'm paying attention to specifically two different types of feelings. I am paying attention to maybe where I felt in my day a real sense of joy and peace and well-being. And Adam, what is that called? Uh, Consolation is what we often refer (laughs) to it as, yes. It's become a big word around here. So we pay attention to feelings of consolation when things just felt right, when all seemed like uh, just well and right in this moment. And then we're also paying attention to desolation. Those are Times during your day where you just felt the life drain out of you. It's not a moment you want to repeat and not one that you felt very alive or or even noticed God's presence in. So paying attention to the movements of your heart, the the ups and downs of your heart, the high and the low, um, you take note of that. And and basically kind of when I'm going through this practice at, um, at night, I just pick those two. What was a high point in my day? Um, a time where I felt, you know, alive and full of God's presence and totally present to my life. Did you guys ever play that game in your yes. household of the high, high and low? low. Yeah, yep, we well, did at dinner time. Not all the time, but we did. When your kids, I, are, for people who don't know, when your kids oh, are yes. gathered around the table, yeah. 
you just say, we're playing the high-low game, and you say, everyone say, what was your high of the day and what was your low of the day? Exactly. It's just a great way of reviewing. I don't know where that's, I'm sure that kind of originated from the examine, but I had no clue of this practice back when my kids were little. But it was was a powerful thing to do. And it connects you. The reason why, yeah, you connect, and you, you learn about them. You learn their hearts. And this is the same for doing this practice ourselves. We learn our own hearts. I kind of found that in this, that I realized I really didn't know my heart very well. And this has been, I would say, one of the primary ways of understanding my heart. And as you pay attention to your heart every day, the consolations, the desolations, over time, you realize that there's a pattern. There are certain things that continually tank you, or or there are some certain things that continually give you joy and peace and life. And that that is the beauty of then you're able to discern, maybe some things need to change around here, or maybe perhaps God is directing my heart in a certain way and my vocation in a certain way and my life in a certain way. So these are real important to pay attention to the consolations and the desolations. So what we've done is we've prayed for awareness um, of our day, reviewing our day with God's presence. Then we've reviewed the events of our day through giving thanks. Next, we've paid attention to our feelings, um, especially consolation and desolation. And we pray from one of those or both, whatever. Out of that... Um, out of discerning our feelings, we pray into it. And usually there's some, some really good stuff to pray into as you look back through your day and see, see those peaks and valleys. Then the next movement would be to seek forgiveness. Inevitably, I think a lot of times when I have found my desolation, there's something in there also that I need to have a conversation with God about that my heart mm. needs his help. You know, my God, my heart needs God's help um, for any areas where I have, a, you know, I, I need special help or I've messed up um, or any of those things. And it is actually extremely life giving. This is not, um, it, it's not. Uh, I don't even know how to describe it except that it's life giving. Something feels really good about regularly having the opportunity to confess before God where you have need and confessing your sins before God. So that's the the next movement. And then lastly, you're just looking towards tomorrow. You're inviting God's help for the day to come. Any areas, you know, that you know you're going to need special guidance or direction or blessing or anything like that. Um, so that's basically the steps, Adam. There's probably, you know, four to five steps, um, you know, praying for the awareness of God's presence, giving thanks as you review the day, paying attention to your feelings, uh, and praying from them, then seeking forgiveness and looking towards tomorrow. Yeah, this just provokes almost like a, a separate. I mean, I, I want to go off and talk about so many of these things. No, um, you know, I, th- I think one thing that should be said, you know, when you, you say, uh, "Pay attention to your feelings," and in our society, that that seems to be a place of derailment mm-hmm. for so many people. Because they'll do something akin to this. I mean, if your life has enough pressure on it, you're eventually going to, out of that pain that comes from the pressure, think about your feelings. Somewhere, some, somehow along the line, you'll, you'll get there. But where I, I feel like I see our society going, because we do no equipping with how to deal with that stuff, is A, we're not even aware of what those feelings are. And then B... Um, when we become aware of them, we are the standard uh, by which we measure those feelings. So what I mean by that is, let's say I uh, get into, I go back and review my day or my days even, 
and there's a feeling or an emotion that uh, is contrary to the will of God. Well, I'm not even in our society, just talking about in general, um, bringing into bear like, well, it's because I've got something in my heart that is contrary to the will of God. Instead, I think I want to try to make my world conform to what this feeling is, even if it's contrary to good health or reality. So if I want to um, do something that's utterly selfish because it helps me to feel good, we think, well, that's the consolation I should have gotten rather than this selfless thing um, that I was that caused me desolation. Whereas this system has a, a, a where it says we're going to assume there's places where we need to seek forgiveness. Where you know I can tell you I've had in, in my life um, times where I I did something akin to the exam and I said I've got a desire where I'm seeking consolation in things that are not of God. Right, right, and could not allow my life to be conformed to those things, but had to ask God, I, I need your help. I'm, I'm not in line. My emotions are out of whack. So just, just to give some consolation to the people that hear emotions, we shouldn't trust our emotions. No, uh, our emotions aren't the standard, but if you're not aware of them, Mm-hmm. Um, you could be in danger of derailing yourself in, in places you're not even aware of because you're not aware of them, if that makes sense. Yeah, that makes total sense. And you bring up a good point that not every consolation is okay. something that we should follow, as you said. Right. We, can, we can find consolation in things that are not good for us or anybody else. Um, but yeah, what a beautiful practice of even if the heart is, if the emotion or whatever is not as it should be, we have the opportunity to bring it out into the open, into the into God's presence and light. And that is what really needs to happen for it to be honest and before God so that it can be transformed into something good and healthful. And and I even think of the, you know, the look tomorrow. Um, is there someone that I need to talk to to get help here kind of a thing? Yeah, yes. Whatever's come out of your examine might lead you into a step of, okay, this I need to kind of follow up on this, like we were we have spoken of about Lexio Divina. You know, in light of a time in the scripture and God's presence in that way, there are things that we resolve to do. And so the looking toward tomorrow can be just a following up on, oh, I really, yeah, I really need help with this. Yeah. And, and I, I do want to ask you more questions, but I want, to, I want to say two things just in my own personal life from this or, and, and my observations just in ministry. You know, there's so many people, even today, so many people, even today, I, I was talking to someone who was trying to discern the will of God in uh, his life. And um, he, if he had had a bit of an awareness of this practice, I think he would be much further down the road in knowing precisely where God was calling. Um, I think of Acts uh, seventeen twenty-six to twenty-eight, where Paul basically says, "You know, our our very lives are set up so that we would seek after God." Mm-hmm. That's kind of a summary of it. Um, so God is working in our circumstances every single day to point back toward Himself. Mm-hmm. But we never, or often never, take the time to sort of reflect on what did God put in my life that is pointing back toward him uh, in such a way that might guide where I'm supposed to be going. Right. I know that, I mean, that might sound weird, but this, this, this practice is so useful for um, discerning the will of God. And you always really have um, something to pray about. Like, you know, when people say, well, I just don't know what to pray about. Uh, well, 
God every day stuffs your life with things to pray about, and you've got you've got a whole bunch of stuff by the end of every day or or in the morning, like you said, if you're too wiped out by the end of the day, to sort of process uh, through those things. Um, and and you know for for just so that's that's one point of you know it gives us a place of where we we need to um, to get guidance, but then for for me. Um, and well, maybe even tied to this is I find that people do this practice no matter what. If you have stuff happening in your life at such a rapid fire rate, and you don't know, um, and you're not taking the time to think about it, it's going to cause um, one of two things. I think one is you're going to you're going to process that at some point somewhere. Like maybe you're waking up in the middle of the night and thinking yeah. about it. Or maybe you're you're carrying this tremendous load of anxiety because you're never thinking about it. You're just right. numbing it just with like TV or something else. Yeah, yeah. You, but that's your examine. Your examine is then anxiety, or your examine is you're now taking the time in the, in the middle of the night instead of sleeping to or with insomnia or something. Um, and then the other thing that I think a lot of people do is uh, because it's reached a pain point and hasn't been stewarded well. And and because they haven't even they're not even processing it they just come they come to these horrible conclusions about what they should do with what's going on in their lives because they're dealing it with a point of overload as opposed to a healthy processing so yeah. this such and such is happening in my life and because it's causing pain I'm going to just cut it out so maybe it's a friendship and sometimes mm-hmm. it's a spouse or maybe it's a well this thing is causing me pain so I can I can justify this immoral behavior over here that I'm doing. Um, because I'm not, um, you know, I, I feel like I need to feel happy somewhere, mm. you know, kind of a thing. Um, we come to the wrong conclusions about what God, where God is leading, um, because we don't bother to have an examined life. To have a healthy examined life on a regular basis mm-hmm. before things get to that point. Yep. Yeah. That, um, and that's why I think, you know, we've done this, um, I, the group that I think of the most uh, that we've done retreats with this on is the, is the group of, is a group of CEOs that, you know, is near and dear to our hearts. You know, they, they come in, they, they've just kept testifying to how helpful and useful this particular practice is because mm-hmm. it's so useful for, for busy people. Right. Yeah. Right. Um, so anyways, those, before I, any other further questions, do you have anything that you might want to add to what I just said there, Mickey Ann, or should we just, um, is there, Anything that you want to add to this? Well, I I just, one of the benefits from this practice that I didn't expect um, was, and maybe it's the age I'm, I'm at, I'm not sure, but I almost feel like, a little bit like Sabbath, you get the opportunity to live your day twice. It's almost mm. like you're extending your lifespan. And and I just think that's really beautiful. As you reflect back on your day and you're, you remember it and it you know and you th- you uh, kind of reflect and savor different moments and you linger in certain places it's as if you are uh, able to experience it all over again now some of that is positive and some of that's negative mm. but i feel like it it really uh, can kind of place things more in your memory it holds things in your memory more too for future to think back on what god has done um, mm. long term so it's just not often that we stop and reflect. I know there's one book out, um, I, The Sacred Year, I think that's what it's called, but the author of that book talks about their experience of spending some time in a monastery, 
And he's, he's new to this. He's sitting down and, you know, it's silence for this meal. And all of a sudden, when the meal is over, everyone stands up all at once and pushes in their chair and stands behind their chair. And he's like, I don't know what to do. So he just does it. And he whispers to the brother next to him, what are we doing? Because they just stood in place behind their chair. And this brother said to him, you know, we're reflecting on the meal we've just had. And we're, we're thanking God for it. And so this is their practice all through the day to stop and pause and give thanks for what they've just experienced. Now, how, how often do we do that? We just blaze through our day and we, then we forget so many meaningful moments and so many things that, that are worthy of remembering and reflecting on. And so this gives us an opportunity and it actually trains us uh, to, to, to be this way throughout our day, to stop and really reflect on what we've, the conversation we've just had, mm. the experience that we've just gone through, um, something that we've just read that was meaningful. You know, we can, we stop and we reflect and we notice how it touches our heart, how it impacts our heart. And I just think that that is probably one of the most valuable outcomes of this practice for me personally. So you would be saying, like, let's say you have an intense uh, lunch meeting. Yeah. Uh, coming out of that lunch meeting, rather than just go on to the next thing immediately, which is what a lot of us have done with our schedules, jam-packed them to such a degree that there's no room between anything. You're saying even a five-minute break yes. to pause and reflect right. is huge. It is, and I think... Um you said intense, you know, even if it was something really negative that you've just gone through, I mean, we would choose to just ignore and move on. But yeah, a little pause, let's say in your car on your way from one place to another, or, you know, just anyway, but taking that, that time to pause, what just happened here, you know, and, um, and kind of doing a mini examine on, on what you've just gone through is, I think, just so beneficial and beautiful. Gives us the opportunity to immediately invite God into that and to pray about what's just happened, to notice, you know, maybe the movements of our own heart in that intense conversation. Um, Mm -hmm. And even to say, oh God, I I really blew it here. I'm sorry. Or, uh, you know, I need to follow up in this way or that. But yeah, just time, time for reflection. And that, you know, that's one of those, that's one of those fruits of all of the practices we've talked about so far is learning to really pay attention and be present and to healthily reflect and to to grow and learn from from what we're experiencing. So, you know, this is um, implied, I think, but I just want to state it out loud. Let's say you're at work and you've got a trip to the water cooler. Rather than reaching for your phone and checking social media during that time, it's worth even using a moment or a break like that to yeah. reflect and be intentional. Yeah, that's that's so good. I mean, I laugh when you say water cooler because do people even know what a water cooler is anymore? What do they go to? They're, they're Berkeys. <laughs> they're Berkeys, yeah. yeah they're, they're big water-filtered <laughs> system. Or a co- coffee of some sort machine. Okay, yes. Um, Adam, I mean, do you, you can just see in our day. Coca-Cola freestyle. Okay, there you go. Whatever works for you. That's the big you. machine, you know, that ha- where you, you press the buttons on the screen. Oh, yeah, that's, that's a, right. That's like called they a freestyle. Have, yeah, okay, gotcha. Yeah, like All right. Wendy's. That, does that work for you now when you're I, heading to you the You know, I wish we, we should call Wendy's and see if they're willing to um, sponsor this podcast <laughs> yeah, yeah. based off that little reference. Yeah. Anyway, okay. I think that you've, you know, you've, um, you've named something that we're experiencing these days 
in our in our moment where we live is that no one or that we're just not able to allow reflective moments and quiet moments and moments that aren't filled with mm. something. You know, it's it's just on to the next thing or using any bit of time we have to check our phone or play the to, podcast. Yeah, it's just there's very little space for reflection, for quiet, for solitude. Um, and I just think that's so destructive to our soul. Mm-hmm. And, I and agree. it's just, yeah. So this is, this is a, a practice that cultivates that in us of learning to pause and to pay attention, you know, to be thankful, to notice, um, to immediately go to God for various things that we need. Um, so it's, it's a, it's a, such a good way for our heart to be trained, um, in a way to live, not just for this exercise you're doing in the evening, but a right. way of life. It, in, you know, it, it integrates into our daily life. Well, let's take a quick break and come back with some final thoughts on the examine. Sounds good. Our team at the Chattanooga House of Prayer has worked hard to put together an extensive library of resources designed to help you encounter God. A Beautiful Church podcast is just one of the many resources we've curated. Check out our website, chathop.org, to discover prayer resources, chord charts, written materials, recommended literature, and more. Well, welcome back to A Beautiful Church podcast. I'm here with Mickey Ann Harrison. We're just going to give some final closing thoughts on the examine. Um, And so, Mickey Ann, I just want to close this particular episode with you know, is there anything that I didn't ask you about or that you think is worth mentioning about the examine or something that you just want to touch on a little bit more, go into a little more detail on uh, as we close out this episode? Well, I think I would just reiterate that this is such a, um, I just, I can't uh, endorse this <laughs> practice enough. Same here. Because it's been so personally meaningful to me, like I said, and what I would would say to those of you who are listening is, this is a practice a lot of people right now, I think, are feeling like, I just don't see God at all. I don't know where He is. I'm not experiencing Him in my life. Mm. And they feel, again, this dryness and this abandonment by God. This practice really does help us see the goodness and the kindness in the presence of God in a very tender way in our lives if as we begin to to move through these steps. So becoming aware, oh, God is in my life, in the small things, in the big things. God is in everything. He's in all the details of my life. Um, mm. So that is a beautiful thing in and of itself. And then, again, I think it Actually is— Actually kind oh, of stabilizes sure. yeah. the emotions, right. uh, brings more consolation to places yes. that might have previously been desolation for real. It's very true. And I think what, what a factor we're forgetting is we've got the Holy Spirit's help. So even in a moment of desolation, the Holy Spirit is there in our reviewing the day to possibly bring about a consolation in that mm. and an understanding and insight of what's really going on there. And then just reiterating the other thing is it's important for us to know our hearts. And it's ex- it's important to have a safe place to experience all of the emotions. When we are angry, you know, we need to move through that emotion to get to the other side. Um, the same with grief. 
these strong emotions that sometimes we just feel they're too much. They are not too much for God. What a safe place. You know, I think of all the Psalms of David ranting, you know, or Mm. grieving, lamenting, whatever. But this is the place where, as we're paying attention to those emotions, we have the opportunity to be open with them so that they really can be in a place where God can meet us in that, can console us in that, can, um, you know, transform what we are asking him to transform. Um, and so it's just so helpful for our heart to have that kind of climate to live in, in the presence of God's love. And then just reiterating as well, how important it is for us to take time to reflect. We have time to do this. Um, you can spend as little as five minutes on this, but you can also enjoy it so much that you've got your journal out and you're writing out the steps for an hour as a very mm-hmm. important act to close your day. So it's, you know, it, it, it's it, like you said at the beginning, it's intentional, but it can be a very, um, a process that we can go through really quickly. And as we learn these movements, as they become, as we do them by heart, literally, then it's just, it's something that um, it doesn't take all that much time, but man, is it fruitful. So good. Interesting. You know, um, John Calvin, the patron saint of the Presbyterians. Um, that's a little joke there because they don't actually have patron saints. I didn't think so. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, sorry. Uh, he started his his magnum opus, like the, the thing that he worked on literally from like when he was 26 years old to a little bit closer to the end of his life was uh, the Institutes of the Christian Religion. It's this ridiculously huge book that uh, only people in seminary and total nerds will read. Um, but he starts the whole thing off with, um, we have to have a knowledge of God and a knowledge of ourselves. Yes. And so maybe we'll just give John Calvin the last word here, uh, whether you like him or don't. But um, you know, even even something that we might say, and, and I'm a, I'm Presbyterian, so I can say this. You know, as dry as Presbyterianism might seem. It's something like the examine that helps us to grow in that, uh, both a knowledge of God where he's at work and working in our day, even through our providential circumstances, I like how I work that in, mm-hmm, um, of our day, and being aware of ourselves. This is a this is a hugely important and uh, underappreciated practice, in my opinion. I love that you've brought up that quote, because that's exactly what this practice does. It's furthering and deepening our knowledge of God and furthering and deepening our knowledge of ourselves. And each feeds into the other. The more that I know myself, I find God (laughs) more deeply. And the more that I know God, I discover more, really more truly who he's created me to be. So thank you for for closing us in that way. Well, then we're going to close with that. Uh, Thank you for listening to this episode of A Beautiful Church Podcast. And we will be... uh, We will... mm. (laughs) One more time. Yeah, you know, uh, Shane is either going to love me and edit that out, or he's going to keep both of these. And you know, either one's a possibility. Yes, because Shane, um, you know, he, Shane is our engineer for this project, producer for this uh, podcast, and he might, uh, he might sabotage me. So, Shane, that is all the time we have for the Beautiful Church Podcast. We will be back with you all next week. Thanks. Thanks for joining us. 
The Chattanooga House of Prayer is a nonprofit ministry based in Chattanooga, Tennessee, where we are seeking the transformation of our city through unified prayer, worship, and action. I want to give a special thank you to those of you who give generously to this ministry. We have just learned over the years that many hands make light work, and it is because of you that we can continue this important mission. You can click the link in the description to give now or visit chathop.org. That's C-H-A-T-T-H-O-P.org slash podcast for more information. If you enjoyed the podcast, please subscribe, share it with your friends, share it on your social media, and tag us at Chattanooga House of Prayer. Thanks again for listening.